Peace, everyone. My name is Barbara Venais. I, you, mo most of you know me as Tiny and Brave on Instagram or Tiny and Brave Holistic Services on Facebook. Um, but I am also the counseling midwife, um, aspiring student midwife at the current time and training to become a midwife. Um, but I finally started a podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Even though I hate hearing myself talk, I was like, all right, I think I think it's time to do this and kind of share my journey as well as different aspects of being a midwife and just informative things, a space, a safe space for other moms, um, birth workers, um, parents in general to feel safe. So I thought it was essential to now that I'm, especially now that I'm going to be turning 40 this year. And uh, and my daughter's turning seven. I thought it was a great time to kind of record my transition into this new decade. Um, and last night, I had the pleasure of talking with my best friend Jabina, um, who is a lactation counselor, IBCLC, a licensed social worker, and many more things, as well as a fellow single mom as myself where we have actually raised our little ones together here in Philadelphia. Um, so I was just, you know, we were just having a basic conversation and talking about, and she was challenging my thought process of like sh being a struggling or um, struggling single mom versus being a thriving and striving single mom. And she challenged some of my thought, my thinking process, my, my identity and what I should be considering, especially as I transition into this new decade and um, Glory enters into a new year of being an amazing daughter. Um, so yeah, so Javina, introduce yourself a little bit. Hi everyone, Barbara, thank you so much for having me on your platform. Uh, I'm really excited for you. Um, to start this journey on podcasting and for allowing me the space to share and be on the first podcast. So um, my name is Jabina Coleman. I am a reproductive psychotherapist. I'm also a board certified lactation consultant. Um, like Barbara said, I wear many, many hats. Um, a lot of my work is centered around reproductive justice, trauma-informed care, um, and um, black maternal health. And so, um, you know, as, as well as, you know, being a single mom um, to two children, I have a 16 year old and a six year old, um, soon to be 17 and seven. And so, um, yeah, Barbara and I have been on this journey together. And when we think about, you know, sub moving from survival mode to thriving mode in our parenthood and our motherhood and our blackness, um, and, and how we show up for ourselves and our children. I think the conversation last night took a few turns, yeah. um, which ended us up where we are right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so before we start, I, I also made a point to myself to say that because this is, I might have some new people who are following me on this podcast outside of my social platforms of Instagram and Facebook, I wanted to share 10 things about myself. Um, until I reached the 40 points of myself, because of course, like I said, I'm turning 40 this year. So one thing about me is that I am from Brooklyn, New York. Um, 
I am a child of Haitian and Dominican Republican parents. I don't speak Spanish, but I do speak Haitian Creole. <laughs> My mom tried, but it didn't stick. Um, I am a Taurus. Woo-hoo to the Taurus gang out there. Um, let me see. My first love is dancing. I love to dance. Anybody that knows me knows that I love to dance. Um, my undergrad degree is in actually media studies with a double major of Africana concentration, double major um, Africana studies and women's studies. Um, hmm. Let me see. I started rapping at the age of 12. How many of that? Did, how much is that so far? Was that six? I hope that's... Um, my favorite rap group is Wu-Tang. And... I wanted to become a midwife through a movie called Losing Isaiah, starring Halle Berry and a doctor who was an obstetrician slash social worker. You know, so so points to back this podcast being calling the, the counseling midwife. And I also would like to add that that identity and name was confirmed by Jabina as well, because, <laughs> again, like like Losing Isaiah, the movie, the obstetrician social worker. Not though I'm not going for obstetricians um, and social worker, I do have a master's in counseling and I am pursuing to become a midwife. So those are the similarities and why I fell in love with the movie Losing Isaiah. But anyways, that's enough about me. The 10th fact. I hope that was 10. I didn't count. But yes. So motherhood, single parenting. What do you think from our conversation last night? Do you feel is important for us or you was trying to drive home with me in terms of what I need to be mindful of? Um, I think, you know, there's this idea around single parenthood being um, a struggle, right? Like the single, the single black mother on welfare type that you, you know, you out here struggling. And so I think sometimes we adapt that that idea, that, that image. Um, and as we move through the world as a single mother, we, we, again, we just adopt that, the ideology around it. Um, and I think that stuff then begins to manifest in how we move and how we see ourselves, um, how we parent, um, and the additional stressors, right. That you, that you take on as well as not being able to kind of see, yourself in the future everything is kind of like hustling grind day by day Mm -hmm. um versus like long term versus Mm -hmm. seeing yourself thriving Mm -hmm. um even in the moment like and I'm not negating that sometimes it can be um a struggle Mm -hmm. because it's hard it's not it's not easy right right but I think even within that we are we have to be able to see ourselves beyond it and Mm -hmm. not use that to um frame our identity because then also we have daughters and we don't know what the outcome of their relationships and things like that will right. be in the future. And just adapting that, right? So it's also thinking about the strong black woman, right? It's like my mom did everything for me and my siblings and, you know, having to take on that identity of the strong black woman. And I think that some of that comes from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, as we can, as we continue to move through it and for, for other single mothers out there, as you continue to move through it, not really 
harping on the the difficulties but in what ways can you thrive in what ways do you see yourself thriving how do you manifest that how do you um build community to help and support you in that and also shifting that narrative mm -hmm. um that yes i'm a single parent um i'm a strong black woman uh but there are times when i need help and there's times when I can. I want to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's not hard, but yes, I'm still crushing it at the same time. And I, I just think we. A lot of our conversation just came with center around how do you shift that narrative? Mm -hmm. You know, in the work that you do, like I, everybody out here knows, Tiny and Brave, Barbara, the student midwife is a single black mother. Like everybody out mm -hmm. here noticed it, right? So y'all already noticed about her. You know, um, I don't even think people might not even know that about me, right? So right. I'm also known as a lactation therapist. Um, and people may not know that because that's not what I put out there. You know, you only know I'm a single mom if you want if people out here like, I don't, you know, she got a man or what, mm -hmm. or you know what I'm saying? But, um, I think I, I try not to censor who I am mm -hmm. around one around my singleness as well as, um, my single motherhood. So yeah, I think that a lot of our discussion came around that. Um, so what would you say, and let's, let's keep it 100, let's keep it real, like in, in full transparency in terms of like, in, in light of what you just said, what would you say I would need to shift or like work on? Um, I think in full transparency, shifting the narrative from Barbara Vernius, the, the counseling midwife, tiny and brave, single black mother, mm -hmm. right? Yes, you are that. We know that, mm -hmm. right? And I think the conversations we have, um, just even saying that, you know, oh, hey, you know, let's take a trip here. Let's do this. I'm a single mom. Like people know that, right? And I think that we don't have to al always put that on the front line as a single motherhood is a barrier. Right. You know, I get I you. I get you. Like single motherhood is not a barrier to, to obtaining education. Single mm -hmm. motherhood is not a barrier to obtaining your career goals or going after the things that you want, finding love, relationship, things right. like that. And so in all transparency, Right. I think that would be something that I um, uplifted, absolutely uplifted. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying to shun it, put it to the side, like, you know, all of that. But when we center ourselves around that, I think there is this um, a deficit model that comes with that deficit right. mind frame versus, right. you know, as a social worker, I'm thinking. Right. You know, so we want to also always lift it up. You know, we always want to acknowledge it but also bring it in the light of um, it being positivity around it. Right. Right. And I, I don't think that I consciously do it I think and I don't see it as a negative thing too I actually see it as my superpower like yo mm -hmm. I'm a single mom blah 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 but then I could understand how we could wrap our identity and then like use it as a crutch mm -hmm. unconsciously sure. right so I, yeah I could I could see myself doing that and then I tend to be very guarded and very like I could do this myself and figure it out and stuff like that um society and how they view single women um right and and all of the framing and all of the um all of the messaging that comes with it mm -hmm. right um so we had we we um unconsciously subconsciously are like in taking all of that um and then other like stories and, and things like that that comes along with it um i think when we're thinking about thriving one thing that comes to me is 
building your community, mm-hmm. right? So how do I make this, how do I build my community um, around parenthood? Um, when knowing yourself, knowing what you need, right? So parenthood is difficult. Also knowing what, um, when you need a break, mm-hmm. you know, creating, um, creating boundaries or creating, um, I think it's important to create, um, create these structures for yourself. One is, is huge is, is community, mm-hmm. right? So you and I used to, we call each other our sister wives, um, right? Because, just in the, in the fact that, like, when we're together, you know, we tag team it, be mm-hmm. what you need from the grocery store, can you pick the girls up from school, things like that. And I think that is important, mm-hmm. right? And so trying to find where your community is, whether it is other um, single moms or single parents out there, dads included, you know, um, what are the major things? So I think major things are... You know, childcare, mm-hmm. number one, getting, you know, having to go to work and show up to places on time, emergencies. So mm-hmm. when you have an emergency, the child is sick, who can you call? Not having one, but having multiple people right. um, that you can support. And even leaning on your elders in the in the community, too, because sometimes we move away from that. Right. Right. So I've had elders in the community. I've had people, um, you know, people the parents of my friends be able to be support people for Nyla, being able to pick her up from school, being able to, um, you know, drop her off and things like that. Mm-hmm. So really thinking outside of that, like who's your community, who's in your community, how, and what is it that you need as a parent? We definitely need some respite. So mm-hmm. getting that respite. Girl, in. can so, we get some respite? Yes. <laughs> respite is needed. And even if it's for a couple of hours, sometimes you just need like, Give me two hours so I can clean the house mm-hmm. without being interrupted. Right. You know, meal plans. Kids like to eat all day long. Like, you know, if that is something that you feel like you struggle with. So it's like what parts, I think it's also important to identify what parts of parenting feels easy for you mm. and what parts are a struggle. So that's kind of like making that list. I'm a list person. So it's like, you know, okay, this comes easy. Me talking to my kids, me listening to them, me, um, you know, just vibing with them and I love to hear my kids like just be expressive. Right. Right. And so um, giving them that space to talk, that comes easy, you know. Mm-hmm. However, there are other things that I really don't like doing. Like, you know, um, I, shoot, you already know. I'm not the one to wake up in the morning and make breakfast every morning. <laughs> so if you don't tell me you're hungry, you might not eat for the whole day. You know, 16 year olds still go out, go all day without eating because he's like, Mom, you ain't making me. <laughs> Meanwhile, my six-year-old is just like, oh, I made cereal. I put a waffle in the in the um in the toaster oven or something like that. Right. Cause she's a little bit more so, you know, she's self-sufficient. Um, but so th- there's some things like that, right? So I have to be very intentional. Yes, they eat. Yes, <laughs> they do eat. You know, they do eat. But some things like that. Um, you know, I like I'm I'm an introvert at heart, and so I like my space. I really just like to be in my room. And so funny because Barbara energy, my energy, y'all can probably tell even by the tone um, and our cadence, like how different we are in energy. But when nobody's here and it's just me and my daughter here, like she's in one room, I'm in another room and we both chilling, like we comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just knowing what you need as a parent, um, if you need that respite space for just a clear head, Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, do, are you touched out? You know, there's kids that like to be touched and hugged and kissed all the time. That's my baby. So I <laughs> have to, like, really be intentional about when I hug and kiss her. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to give her hugs and kisses at least, you know, once every two hours so mm-hmm. that I know I can probably go a stretch. She'll give me at least, like, two to three hours without really wanting to be next to me and right. hugging me. Um, especially with virtual and everything being virtual and, and, you know, I'm still working remotely and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think it's really making that list, knowing what, what it is that comes easy for you, parts of you that really need support and is maybe a little bit more challenging. Mm-hmm. I mean, and being realistic about it, I think that is where it is. I think because when we're thinking about moving from surviving to thriving, when you are in survival mode, you cannot see past like the next 30 minutes, you can't see past the next day, you know, everything just feels like it's so overwhelming mm-hmm. or, you know, that it's foggy, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when we begin to think, um, and shifting our, our, our processes, shifting our, our vision, shifting how we feel, it's also being able to think long term, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think that is important. So what what is it that I need long term? Right. You know, not just what I need right now. And granted, I know that people are struggling, right? So if food insecurities, housing insecurities, like if, you know, financial insecurities, like all of those things are real mm-hmm. and not to negate any of that because then they have done that, right. you know? Right. Um, and, and it's hard. It can be hard. It can be very difficult. Um, but again, finding ways to shift out of that. So like my... My absolute best community was like here in Philadelphia because like everybody I well I I I um conceived my daughter in Boston, Massachusetts. So, but then the, my community here in Philadelphia was like bring you behind back to Philly so we could take care of you and literally that's what happened. Friends, um church community like every like I have about 10 people that have seen my vagina during labor and <laughs> that all participated in the bringing forth my daughter. And I wasn't in a birth center or a home birth. I was at a hospital and the postpartum care and just checking in and the meal preps and stuff like that. I wouldn't have survived um, my first couple of years of postpartum if it wasn't for my community. And I have not been able to find that since. Like... I, um, I don't know if it's a Philly thing or is it just, a, I was lucky enough to bump into some amazing people, but, uh, like the community that we've, me and Glory created here, she calls people auntie and uncle and they're like longtime family. And she's like, well, can we go visit them? And like, and it's just amazing. So sometimes I think Sometimes I question if I'm being too idealistic in term in terms of desiring that somewhere else because everywhere else because everywhere else I've gone, I have not been able to really get that from living in Boston, living in Texas. I mean, people tried, but it was it was just more difficult to create that community whereas here in Philly, I literally could walk down the street and Javina, I'm like, okay, like, like, let's get a ride to work or let me watch the kids or do this. Or I have another neighbor friend that lived maybe two blocks away. So everything was very communal in terms of, I guess the land, the landscape helped with that, right? Mm-hmm. Like finding your community within your own landscape and finding the commonalities that actually piece y'all together. Mm-hmm. I think that helped too, because we actually, 
became cool through like a you know what was it was it hiv and aids training no it was like a social work or something training some some training i think with the department of health and human services that was so long i know that was so long ago that's how long ago we've been cool like we were friends before we be well before i became a mom because she was already mom um, Mm -hmm. a mom to her first son at that time um so yeah what other advice would you give in terms of just thriving um i know for me i'm a very um, I think I feel like I'm that motivational friend that will make you do crazy things, even though you're like, wait, I never thought I could do that. Like, no, let's do it. Like, jump on this podcast right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. What else? I think that also knowing your seasons. I think that is really mm, important. Yes. And sometimes we prolong our seasons, and I think also to speaking to you, be like sometimes we prolong our seasons, and we because we're stuck in this mode of in um in this mode of survival survival mm-hmm. mode and you don't you may not because you can't see yourself out of it mm. so giving yourself an end time right mm. you know because you're saying i go to texas i go i may go here but i don't see the same community and you might not see that community because you don't need that community in the same way and this is what we talked about last night right, right? Okay. and so you may you may stunt your growth you may stunt your process because I can't foresee that same type of community in Texas as I see here in Philly. Mm. So you may not make that move fast enough or you may not make that move during the opportune time because you're so afraid that you may not have what you need. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, and granted, yes, you want to make sure you have things in place. But at the same time, I think that there's that's where we can also get um kind of get caught up mm-hmm. and kind of set ourselves back right because as you grow and we know as, as parents that chil- the needs of our children shift and change um then our needs also shift and change so the same type of needs that i might need with a toddler or a preschooler i might not need with uh, a middle schooler or you know that they can start to stay home by themselves they can right. fix meals for themselves things like that and so um I think really understanding your season is important mm-hmm. um, so that you're not um, stifling your, your visions, your dreams, your, your passion, um, your next step. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, that that's how I operate, you know, um, not that I'm in a season that I don't need anyone, because honestly, I'm here by myself with no um, like blood family. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my my bio family does not live in Philadelphia. My closest family is in Baltimore, D.C., and my parents are in Florida. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm from New York, right? And so it's just like, I really don't have anybody. There's nobody to say I need to drop Nyla off to unless it's a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, can you watch her if I need a dental appointment or something like that? Or a date. Or a date. Listen, <laughs> or a date. Yes. So I think that, but I'm also in this space right now where I'm like, I feel I'm thriving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not, I don't feel like it. I am. I am, th- I am thriving right now. Um, and, and just in myself, in my being, in my business and all of those things. And so if there are things that I cannot do because I have to parent, I realize that guess what? I have to parent first. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I need it and want it bad enough, then I create that right. where it is that I need. You right. Know? Um, and so understanding your seasons, I think is important. Um, again, knowing what you want as a parent and knowing, um, uh, what comes easy for you, easiest for you and what doesn't, mm-hmm. what are some of the challenges that you have? What are your patients? 
my son, I had him 16 years, almost 17 years ago. Patients look totally different now. Right. It's the patients that I have with my daughter now that I didn't have with him. So understanding that season right. of my life. Um, and then doing some interper- interpersonal introspective work because parenting isn't easy. Right. And we typically parent the way we've been parented or the way, or we try not to parent the way we were parented. And, you know, on the conscious parenting tip and just trying to figure out, like, how do we do this the best way? We right. talk about that all the time. Um, you know, so I think those things are important, you know, again, one, knowing your season, knowing what comes easiest for you and doing some introspective work around your identity of self. Um, again, that identity of self in comparison to just being a single mom, Mm -hmm. um, or single parent, um, I think is important. I, I think it's easy for, you know, women to label themselves as the single mother or the single parent um what would you encourage for our brothers possibly if you have any like who are single literally single parents single parent parents mm. um i think sharing because mm-hmm. we don't really hear or my circles aren't filled with single dads either so i really don't know mm-hmm. but so in that case just kind of like what's going on in your world mm-hmm. what does that even look like for you do single dads have the same um, struggles as single motherhood? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and some of that I can probably say, you know, in terms of employment and things like that, you know, um, access to employment or, what, you know, things like that, financial stability, um, you know, what type of resources may, can do women receive, you know, in, in the event that they need access to, um, you know, financial support, um, you know, do they get that more than faster or um, faster than dads? You know, I don't know. What is mm-hmm. it like? I mm-hmm. think sharing more right. about what that looks like. Right. Because there are single dads out there and they killing it. They killing it just as as much as we killing it. Um, so, but just hearing from them mm-hmm. um, and learning because there are things that they may see and they may manage or deal with emotionally a little bit different. Um, as thinking or considering themselves a provider in this way, mm-hmm. um, you know, like for me, I'm just like the emotional parent. So my, both of my children's fathers are in the picture in their lives, but I'm the emotional parent, mm-hmm. right? The dads are more logic reasoning, mm-hmm. you know? So what does that look like when we think about, you know, the way men may likely, some men may, um, operate different mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. In, in, in their identity. Right. How does, what does that look like? And can we learn from that? Mhm. So, I guess my next question would be how would you I'll put it as a both both single parent, you know, fathers, single parent mothers, but how do you how would you encourage what words would you give to encourage a parent, a single parent thriving when the circumstances of that relationship was not successful or how do you thrive in the co-parenting how do you thrive how you thrive in the co-parenting or like yeah Mm, is it co-parenting how do you thrive within yourself not so much of co-parenting but thrive within yourself knowing that the situation is not ideal as a single parent how do you thrive? like sometimes i feel like I sometimes I feel like we um it is harder 
it appears to be harder because I can only speak from a woman's point of view. It appears to be harder for a woman to get over a situation or relationship or situationship um, due, due to the fact that she is the one mostly usually raising the child. So there's always a constant reminder or that um, constant, um, constant scarlet letter of like, well, I... I got to take care of the child. I got to do, I got, and then again, going back to the whole mentality and like what, I think it's almost like, what are you feeding yourself or what are you doing to thrive outside of that and not hold it as a boulder around your leg? But like, do you get what I'm saying? But so I don't know. I think for me, therapy, um, as a therapist, um, I'm in therapy Mm -hmm. and I think that is, um, really doing some healing right um like i would you were talking and i'm like yeah i think there needs to be some some healing some introspection going on um some shadow work whatever it is that you feel like you need to get done Mm -hmm. do it for you you're right um because also our identity gets caught up in being a parent right and i like i have conversations now because i think my son is um age appropriate to share with him that I'm an individual and I'm still growing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I may get things wrong. I may respond and react emotionally because those are some things that I'm still dealing with from childhood. Right. Some of my scars and some of my traumas. Mm-hmm. And so um, then you end up taking that out on your kids. And so um, being able to now be in a different space where I'm thriving mm-hmm. and being able to identify those things right. because oftentimes it's because you know we have these reactions and behaviors and we don't identify them we can't put a you know link them to anything um but being able to speak to it mm-hmm. um and it being a bit a little bit more tangible to say hey listen I know I reacted this way I know we had this conversation um but I'm also you know, growing as an individual. I'm still, I'm your mother, but I'm also a human. I'm also a woman. I'm also, you know, growing um, as I do this mm-hmm. this thing simultaneously. Um, so whether it's asking, you know, just sharing that so kids kids, kids know, because they put us on a pedestal too. Right. You know, mm-hmm. they be like, shoot, my mom's superwoman. Right. Like, yeah, sometimes superwoman got to take this cape off. Right. And I'm going to let you, I want you to see when this cape is off, mm-hmm. you know? Um because then they grow up to also have these expectations, especially for our daughters, right? right. Like they don't see the vulnerability. Um, and I think that when we, we set them up for failure that way, right? Right. Because I've never seen my mom vulnerable. She mm-hmm. just made sure everything was done. Right. Kids are taken care of, food is on the table, mm-hmm. all of the things. Um, and then in the event, that same thing. And, you know, our goal is to break these generational curses, Right. Um, but in the event that they have to, or they end up walking the same footsteps that we do, there's not this idea of like, nobody didn't know that this was this hard. I didn't know that these chat, like I may face these challenges. Right. And so when we're vulnerable with them and we share the humanness, right. Um, of ourselves with them, then they know now how to respond to life when life, life happens. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. So... Our, our kids especially, you know, my daughter tells me about myself all the time. She was mm-hmm. like, I don't like how that made me feel. And I'm just like, yo, when I was growing up, I couldn't even say the first three words that you just said, let alone right. you express it how you feel. Listen, <laughs> you know you can't even respond. It was just like, 
<laughs> you just get the look, you know. Jamaican parents, they don't play. Right. Like, that wasn't even an option. <laughs> you know, being expressive, what is that? Yeah. You got feelings. Who feelings? Right. What? Are you paying bills? Like, Why you got feelings then? Like, yeah. So, yeah. So, any last words for even like when when you think of futuristic, thriving parents, futuristic, thriving communities, what comes to mind? Um, just keep being dope. You know, don't measure yourself up to anything else that's exactly. out there. Mm-hmm. Don't measure yourself up to, for real, what's on the gram, mm-hmm. social media. Yep. You know, be you, be authentically you. That's how I try to show up. It's just being myself. Right. Um, and and taking it a day at a time. You know. Um, and be positive with it. Gratitude. You know, gratitude is definitely key. You know. Um, yeah. And set those intentions. They'll, they'll, they'll come to fruition. Yes, yes, yes. Well, thank you, Javina. This was amazing. Thank you for talking with me on my first podcast on The Counseling Midwife. And again, please do go follow her on Instagram, The Lactation Therapist. Mm-hmm. And where else can they also find you? They can also find me at thelactationtherapist.com. If you want to reach out to me, info at thelactationtherapist.com. I'm also the co-founder of Breastfeeding Awareness and Empowerment. So you can find me at bae, B-A-E underscore hood or at bayculture.org. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything in the future that we should be looking forward to? Um, you know, keep a lookout, you know, for everyone wants to hold the baby, who will hold the mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some stuff brewing. And so just keep a lookout for that. Um, yeah. Again, follow at the Lactation Therapist. Uh, thank you. And Happy New Year, everyone. I, I celebrate spring as being my New Year. So Happy New Year, everyone. And thank you for joining me on my first podcast. And oh, yeah. Thank you. Peace, everyone. Bye.